eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It is Thursday, October 28th, and this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. For the last couple of weeks, we have been offering mid-season progress reports for different Power 5 conferences, and you can go back into this feed to hear our breakdowns of the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, and the Pac-12. That would mean that four are down, one to go, so it's time to hand our reports in for the Big 12 as we approach the early signing period in less than two months. Joining us today is Cooper Britannia. He is a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. Cooper, how are we doing? Doing great, Blair. Appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a pleasure. We had you on last week to discuss some of the rankings. Before we get into some of these Big 12 topics, Texas, Oklahoma, who could be third in the in the conference as we approach that early signing period, what was it like on rankings release day? I know the blue board is, is a lot of fun, right, with, with uh, fans uh, getting a little spicy when, when maybe a committed prospect drops in the rankings or, or another rival prospect leaps their commit in the rankings. Did, did you have a lot of fun on the blue board? Yeah, it was fun. You know, I didn't, I, I wasn't quite quite sure what to expect, but, uh, you know, Chris and I brought our hard hat and we went in there and we kind of dope head first and it was fun, man. I always enjoy being able to have that dialogue with fans. And obviously a, a lot of people are very passionate about their fan bases. So guys moving up and down the board, some of those conversations are, are easier than others, but um, overall, that's why we we're here and uh, we really enjoyed it. Yeah, I do want to invite our listeners, especially the VIP subscribers, to head on over to your favorite message board or the blue board over at 247sports.com and send us questions about a specific recruit or a recruitment or whatever it may be. And we'll do our best to uh, answer that for you uh, on the website. Let's start off our Big 12 midseason report with Texas and Steve Sarkeesian continuing to lead a resurgence, not only on the field, but in recruiting. Cooper, we've seen it on the field. Texas looks a little bit different. They, they've been competitive. They've been, dare I say, more fun. And I think that's translated over into recruiting. We've seen Texas recruit at a high level in years before, but now they're, they're being, I think, a little bit more active. Like I feel like they're feeding off of the energy that they've created when the new staff arrived. And that's translated over into some pretty notable recruiting victories. Yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting. You sent me a podcast link before this, which was a preview before the season that you and Steve did. And Steve made a couple of really good points about Texas. And really, we kind of saw this with Tom Herman in his regime when he was there in Austin. They did a really good job in those first couple of years. And then in that last year, before they ended up getting uh, fired and let go, 
they really started to struggle down the stretch in recruiting. So Steve Sarkeesian has opened up a pretty similar way uh, to the way Tom Herman opened up uh, his tenure in Texas on the recruiting trail. And they've done a really good job. And this is where Texas should be right now, sitting at number six in the, in the 247 uh, composite rankings. And look, they've done a really good job. They go out to California. They get Malik Murphy as their signal caller, obviously a guy uh, that we've been high on uh, since early in the process. And, and I love uh, their one-two punch of Jadon Blue and Jamarion Miller. Jamarion Miller, who saw a really nice boost uh, this past rankings release. And then at the skill position, I think this is really where they're going to separate themselves, Texas and Oklahoma, uh, in regards to the Big 12. Brennan Thompson, obviously with an excellent track and field background. Armani Winfield, a lot to like about him as well. But I think with Texas really to note and in, in going into the SEC going forward, and we've seen this with Oklahoma too, and I know we're going to dive into them, there's a lot of big fish on the board for Texas, and they're going big game hunting. So Devin Campbell, Ernest Green, Cam Dewberry, uh, we're talking about the big guys up front. And for Texas, being able to get back to the style of football that they want to get to, that's going to be really important for Steve Sarkeesian to see how they finish in the trenches uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, big game hunting. You're speaking about that. There's a top 100 prospect out there that's currently committed to USC. That would be quarterback Devin Brown. Recently picked up an offer from Texas. He's set to officially visit the Longhorns later this season. So that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, re remember, Texas already has their committed quarterback in this class. That would be Malik Murphy, who was essentially handpicked by Sark once he arrived from Alabama. And it looked like he wouldn't really be able to get one of the local in-state quarterbacks that was committed elsewhere at the time. But why Watch out for Devin Brown. That could be an interesting one. Obviously, the situation at USC remains fluid. There's uh, there's been some you know developments at the co coaching search. Mike Tomlin, remembered, is not going to be a candidate. So that's going to be interesting to see if Texas is able to make a strong push and convince Devin Brown that that situation is a better one for him than than it would be elsewhere. You know, an Ole Miss, uh, an Ohio State, a USC, a UCLA, all these other schools that are making a push for the Elite Eleven finalists. So from one school that is headed to the SEC to the other school, and that would be rival Oklahoma. They continue their dominance, not only in 22, but I think it's been really impressive what they've been able to do closing right now, which is a top 10 class in the composite for the 2022 group, but also building what is now the number one class in 23, which includes five stars like Malachi Nelson uh, and Makai Lemon. Yeah, they've done a phenomenal job. And you look at Texas and Oklahoma, you kind of compare the two. You know, Texas is sitting there with 22 commits. There's there's some meat on the bone in terms of what they have left on the board. And then Oklahoma with 16 commits, only two spots behind them in the composite sitting at number eight. So Oklahoma has certainly done a great job. I think where they have stood out this year uh, in regards to where they've been in the past is what they've done defensively, obviously starting with their highest rated recruit in Gabriel Brownlow Dindy just different. That's what they need. They need those big interior bodies, really explosive player. They add Derek Moore with him from St. Francis uh, in Maryland, who's a, a great addition. Kobe McKenzie, who they like as a linebacker. And then offensively, uh, just dynamic and getting guys with multi-dimensional skill sets. Relief Brown, uh, who's one of the most prolific playmakers in the country out of modern day. Uh, Gavin Sawchuk from, from Colorado, uh, who, who's obviously going to be a speed and space guy. And then a guy that we both are really high on, Blair, Jake Taylor uh, from Las Vegas and, and Bishop Gorman, uh, who plays with a really physical and nasty demeanor, what they're going to need. And we talk about these two teams transitioning to the SEC and that physical style of play. I think both of those teams, in terms of what we've seen in the recruiting, you can tell they're very conscientious about this and the effort that they've put forth 
on both sides of the line of scrimmage, but a lot to be excited about if you're a Longhorns fan and a Sooners fan. Yeah, Jake Taylor, 6'6", 290 out of Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. And I think it gives you the best of both worlds, right? Like not only is he physical, like you mentioned, but you need athletic uh, boundary offensive tackles, right? The guys that are going to be able to move, guys that are going to be able to uh, have that athleticism in an up-tempo spread offense. Uh, and he's going to be able to provide that for Oklahoma. And, and I know we don't really expect offensive linemen particularly to impact the college game early on in their career, but I, I just love his physicality. I love his makeup and I love just his his physical potential. I think is is a player that's still filling out and still growing. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the conversation there early on uh, in Norman to make an impact, even if it, that is in the SEC. He's that type of, of prospect. So two schools there, Texas, Oklahoma, in the top 10 nationally in recruiting. Uh, and then there's a bit of a drop-off in, in the Big 12. And we'll get into that later on about how what that could potentially mean for the conference as we enter a, a new era. But let, let's talk a little bit about Iowa State, because this is a program that's been on the rise. They've obviously got it gotten it done on, on the field. Uh, Matt Campbell has continued to be, in a way, kind of a hot name in recruiting and in coaching circles and in rumors. And and when there's a new hot board, it seems like Matt Campbell is always finding his name on there. Uh, But I think in terms of recruiting right now, number four in the Big 12, just inside the top 30 nationally. And and Iowa State is getting into some recruiting battles that they typically wouldn't be, right? In in the past, Iowa State's recruiting the mid to high three-star prospect and developing them. And they've been in some really interesting battles for some four stars. And and I think the thing that stands out, stands out to me about them is that they are going out to other places in the country. They've got commitments in Florida and in Texas and out west in, in Arizona. They have clearly now gotten on that stage where they're more, more approachable if you're a recruit. Sure. Yeah. And this is the next progression for Iowa State. I think when you think about them in terms of recruiting prowess, you know, we talked about it at Washington when I was there. It was recruit, retain, develop. And that's very similar to what Iowa State and Matt Campbell is doing there. I think they're doing a really good job. Like you talked about, you talked about their geographical splits, six guys in Florida, four guys in Iowa, three in Missouri, one Arizona, Minnesota, Ohio, Texas, Wisconsin. I know that's a lot. But that's what they're doing. And that's what you have to do when you're in a state like Iowa. Iowa, pretty similar. They kind of stay in that Midwest territory. But they've done a really good job. Hunter Deo, a guy from Iowa sitting on top of their class, defensive lineman, plays both ways, big physical player. They go down to Tampa. They grab Greg Gaines, who's kind of that more big physical body type. And then a guy that I really like from the state of Iowa as well, Jacob Hemming, who plays sideline to sideline. And when you turn on that tape, really fits what Matt Campbell and Iowa State love bringing into their program. So I think the Cyclones have done a good job. I think they have to continue to be very conscientious of the fact that if they're going to take the next step as a program, this is the area of their program that they're going to have to emphasize and they're going to have to start getting uncomfortable or excuse me, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that comes with a lot of these battles on the recruiting trail. Uh, And I think Matt Campbell is definitely up for the job. Yeah, Iowa State, number four right now in the Big 12, number 27th nationally as we record this heading into the weekend with 18 commitments. That's one school that's doing fairly well for itself on the recruiting trail. Let's talk one that that might need to raise their grades a little bit where we might have to break out that red Sharpie and write a big fat F, and that would be for TCU. Last year, they finished in the ninth position among Big 12 schools, which is not good. And this, this cycle, they've followed that up again with a, 
kind of abysmal uh, showing there in the bottom half of the Big 12 team recruiting rankings, which is a bit surprising given TCU's track record, given what they've accomplished on the field, given, I think, what Gary Patterson has been able to build there. Is there anything that you might identify? I know you've been in recruiting offices in the past and you've been a part of college programs. Is there anything specific that maybe you could look at, whether that's other schools getting in and recruiting a little bit better, right? The rise of, of an Iowa State, maybe taking some of these prospects that in other years might be considering TCU. No, I mean, and just to be brutally honest here, I think it's complacency settling in. And I think that's what it is. There is no reason that you should be at TCU and be 45th ranked in recruiting, especially now being in the Big 12. I think SMU has done a noticeably better job in terms of recruiting. And then and they're in the American Athletic Conference. And that goes to show the job that Sonny Dykes has done. Now, that being said, TCU, 11 commits right now. They get at, at, at the top of their board, Jalen Gilbo, uh, who was once committed to Texas uh, at one point, who's a really active corner that can do a lot of different things in the secondary. And then DJ Allen and Matthew Golden, two very talented in-state prospects at the receiver position, but TCU is set up for success, not only geographically, but where they are and where they are in that conference. I think their play on the field has reflected the job that they've done off of it, and they haven't recruited to that standard. I think we've seen a dip uh, in terms of what TCU and what the standard is in, in terms of building that roster. Uh, and that's, you know, to, to be honest, like I said, that's, that's been really disappointing. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing about TCU. And I think this is where it impacts things. That transfer portal is going to be their friend this offseason, right? Seeing where there are in, in, in high school recruiting, uh, once you're able to add some talent that's already college experienced and physically ready to contribute and help you make that push in the Big 12, uh, that's going to be one thing to look for with TCU as, as they move forward here after the early signing period in mid-December. Coop, before we go, our last point, and this one I think is more of a general and, and broad topic, and that would be what's going to happen after Oklahoma and Texas are gone from the SEC? Who's going to take that top spot in the Big 12 recruiting power, right? Who's going to be looked at as the alpha in that conference when it comes to recruiting prowess? Could it be West Virginia? Could it be Baylor? Could it be Iowa State or TCU? Or maybe even one of the newcomers like BYU or Cincinnati or UCF or or UH? I mean, I I think it's going to be kind of a wild frontier for a lot of these programs to to try to see who's going to be able to to attain that top dog status. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you talk about the newcomers and that's really interesting, but I think, you know, in terms of recruiting, you get what you emphasize, right? So if you want to look at the, the biggest indicators to success on the recruiting trail, then look at the coaches and the head coaches that emphasize it. And to me, that's Cincinnati. If Luke Fickle will be at Cincinnati, and that's a big question mark after this season, then Cincinnati is a team I'm riding with. You know, the other guy who's got a great opportunity here is Gus Malzon. You know, taking this team from now a G5 school to a P5 school in the Big 12 at Central Florida. I don't think there's anybody who's set up for more success. Now, there are teams. This is going to be wide open. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, all these guys should capitalize, but they haven't. You know, so if if there's any indicator of success, we look at the past, like Dave Aranda, not known as a recruiter, really good football coach, Oklahoma State, just kind of been middle of the pack. That's what they are. Iowa State, we've seen progress and now take this leap, which is very encouraging. I think they have to continue to trend up and know and understand the urgency that comes with the void that Texas and Oklahoma leave. But as of right now, Luke Fickle went into South Bend and beat a very good Notre Dame team with a better roster. 
and, and I'm talking about his roster was was the one that had more top end talent, top to bottom. And he's done that really recruiting uh, that region exceptionally well, Cincinnati, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana. Um, so if I have one guy to pick in terms of who's coming out, coming in with a chip on their shoulder and uh, is going to continue to do what they've done and has a proven track record, that'd be Luke Fickle and the, and the Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah, I'm really fascinated what the shockwaves and what the ripple effect in recruiting it's going to create once Texas and Oklahoma are gone. Because those two schools recruit nationally and they can get into any living room during the recruiting process. But once they're in the SEC, it's going to be a little bit different, right? They're going to be able to expand their reach even further. They're going to be able to battle the the A&Ms and the LSUs and the Bamas and the Georgias for some of these prospects. And that means they're going to be able to take some of these other prospects that they would typically take, whether that's in the state of Texas or out West or in the Midwest or wherever it may be. And that's going to open up the avenues for some of these other programs to get into those living rooms that they weren't getting into because Oklahoma and Texas were involved. Right. So that's, that's where, that's where my mind is like the shock waves, the ripple effects, what kind of things are going to happen as a byproduct of these other two schools leaving the conference. And, And it's going to be really fascinating to track. So Texas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Iowa, State and Oklahoma State in that order right now atop the Big 12 recruiting rankings. Cooper, it's been a pleasure as always. It's a lot of fun to chat football, chat recruiting, and and just chat philosophies with you uh, whenever you're on the pod and, and can't wait to do it again. Appreciate you, my man. Thanks, Blair. All right, that is Cooper Patania. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. Remember, if you like the show, please follow, rate, and review us and throw us those five stars. Stay locked in to 247sports.com all weekend long for all the latest buzz and recruiting scoop as we chase down the biggest news and nuggets from a big weekend of college football. For national recruiting analyst Cooper Patania and our producer Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.